Oddworld New and Tasty, The Important Questions About Uncharted 4, Guinea Pig Spies, The Adventures of Bandman, and a very divisive question about sandwiches. All of this and more in this episode of Staying In. You haven't, Pete, because you're a dillard and you don't watch films. <laughs> yeah. You've not you've not seen Ant-Man, have you? Bant-Man? Ant-Man. Oh, Ant-Man. No, no, no. Bant-Man. I tell you what, he can't punch anyone through a wall, but he's got classic banter. Hey, Brev, I got this well funny joke about David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally make Bant-Man. Bantman, Bants. No, I haven't seen. I said Ant Man. Right, Ant Man. No, you've not seen, have you? No, no. Okay. And you, you've not seen Civil War either. Uh, no, but I want to. Okay. Well, when you see Civil War, you can. I've. Hopefully, you'll join me in my petition to get Marvel to stop. <laughs> okay. We we'll just stop. stop. Well, one specific thing. I kind of want Marvel to stop doing... Basically, I think they've invested all of their money mm. into perfecting the technique of making really old people look really, really young. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It, Dan, it's it's terrifying. So in Ant-Man, yeah. slash Bant-Man, Bant-Man. Um, they turn Michael Douglas into young Michael Douglas. And it's so, flawless. So it's still him, but it's young him. Mm. And then in Civil War, mm. they turn Robert Downey Jr. into, you know, when he was bad and took drugs, Robert Downey Jr. Right, okay. And let's not forget when they turned uh, big, burly Chris Evans into skinny, weedy Chris Evans. Yes. And Hayley Atwell into old dementia Hayley Atwell. But anyway, the young stuff, they just, just stop. Why, stop but it. why, though? Like, is, is that scaring, does it look, Sam. Does it not look good, or...? No, it looks great, but if I was an up-and-coming actor, I'd be <laughs> pissing myself right now. <laughs> Just be like, oh, who can who we can get for this role? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. is 80 now, so he's a bit beyond it. No, he's not. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? Like, Tupac performed on stage, like, a couple of years ago as a hologram. Like, what good is there in... Like, this is it, we're just... We're just going to sit with a like a certain amount of actors and performers. We, we're done now. We, we've we've, this is we've it. Yeah. got everything we need. No more actors. Just the, just holograms. It's just showing off, really, <laughs> because both the scenes in question could have been done other ways. Like there was no reason to actually put them in, other than yeah, we're just showing off that we've got this tech and isn't it great? Mm. But hey ho, when you see, why don't you want to see Ant Man? Why didn't I want to? Yeah. Um, because who's who's the lead star in it? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I remember watching something with Paul Rudd in and it was the sort of movie where it would have a white background and red big font writing on the actual poster itself. Like one of those like American Pie-esque sorts of comedies. I saw him in something like mm. that. And I was he like, has- is that going to be Ant-Man? Was it with Jason Siegel? I love you, man. What? What? Was it with Jason Siegel, the film called I Love You, Man? I don't know. Wasn't that Adam Sandler? No. Oh, no, that was I Love Chuck, was it? When he pretended to be a homosexual. I've never heard of these movies. What? <laughs> at all. I've never heard of what... You could literally be like making up names of films at this point. Do you mean you missed when Hollywood went through a period of creating... Um, 
our homosexual based uh, romantic comedies because they'd run out of female leads. So yeah. Adam Sandler did one. Yeah. And apparently on, so did Paul Rudd. I think I think you're you're uh, criticizing Hollywood a bit too much there because I think it was only Adam Sandler who had But, who, but who what was I that. Love You Man all about? It's, it's, it's about, about um I think it, I, I've not seen it but I think it's about a man and his Good. his best friend, his best man. So yeah. he's getting married right. and he's his best man and it's And it turns into like what and there's like unrequited feelings or Yeah, the best man at the If anyone no, has anything that... to say, please say it now. I love you man. Paul oh, Rudd, I love and, you, man. Yeah, and everyone's and then, like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I love you too, mate. Sorry, Veronica. I don't think that was precisely the uh, narrative been, they were going for. That would have been nice, though. That would have been, nice... been nice, Dan. Come on, but Hollywood's I, come I, a long way. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, men loving men. No, I just I just heard. All right, don't backtrack, Dan. Uh, the <laughs> your, your a clear hatred. Um, no, but the I guess the reason I didn't go and see Ant Man is because. It's the same reason that I didn't go and see Guardians of the Galaxy for a few weeks after it came out because I was like, well, is this just going to be? Uh, I don't know. I don't know any of the heroes. I don't know yeah, if I've yeah. been. I don't know if be bothered. Sorry, no. Ant Man and Guardians are the only two Marvel films my wife has seen. She liked Ant Man and really didn't like Guardians. Was bored by Guardians. Hmm. She has no interest in watching any more, but she really enjoyed Ant Man because it's just kind of. It's one of the most. I'd say. Uh, flippant and frivolous of the Marvel films, which mm. is saying something. Right. No, I wouldn't say frivolous. That's the wrong word. But I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it's light-hearted and it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, I, 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 I had completely the same uh, reaction. But she's not my wife. But um, <laughs> if it was your wife, that would have been weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and 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 I was saying to my girlfriend, I was like, said, oh, she was asking me how Civil War was. I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good Marvel film. And she showed no interest until I told her Ant-Man was in it. She went, really? Paul Rudd? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, cool. I wish I'd gone to see it now. <laughs> I see. When I when I told my wife, I said, oh, uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man is in this film. She was like, sorry, sh- should should I care? I'm like, oh, oh. She, she's, she has no interest whatsoever. You tried to, you tried to include her in one of the things that you like. Yeah, and she, and she shot quite me rightfully down. shot you right down. Um, do you see in rather exciting news? Do you see? Um, is it Dolph Lundgren has said he wouldn't mind being playing Cable? All right. Uh, in uh, in an upcoming movie, Marvel movie, and like, you got me so excited then, and I thought you're going to be like Dolph Lundgren's doing another Universal Soldier. Oh, no. that, that was no. he's 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 going back to the old role of He Man. Oh yeah, my well, god, that would that would have been good as well. But like, yeah. was Dolph Lundgren Universal Soldier? Who was you? Or was that? Hang on, I think he was. was there he? Are, there are so many Universal Soldier. Was that Jean Claude Van Damme? There was two of them in there the was, film. Not as in... How can it be one universal soldier if there's two of them? Because one of them's an evil one and one of them's a... One of them's a universal soldier, one of them's the locally sourced soldier. Yeah. You know, like adapters. You know, you get like universal adapters. And but you get the one like for a, your home country. And you get the I, one, yeah. I yeah, would yeah. definitely rather have locally sourced, like organic, good soil association, <laughs> universal hunter. Brilliant. Right, the... The IMDb plot synopsis for yep. uh, Universal Soldier. Yeah. Private Luke Devereux and his sadistic sergeant, Andrew Scott, played by Lundgren, got killed in Vietnam. Right. The army uses their bodies for a secret project, 
reanimating dead soldiers as deadly obedient cyborgs. However, their memories come back too. So it's like Robocop, basically. I've not seen Robocop. I've seen flashes of Robocop. What do you mean flashes of Robocop? Well, I've seen parts of Robocop, which come to me in flashes. I have nightmares. Right. You've only seen... (laughs) You've not. Have you seen Robocop all the way through? No. Oh. Well, Pete hasn't seen it at all. Yeah, but it's not surprising that I've not seen it because I don't watch movies. I'm disappointed in you, Dan. <laughs> what was the last movie you did watch? Last movie I watched was. Hmm. When was it? And we'll we'll try and guess. Oh no. <laughs> have you remembered? Oh no. Yeah. Um. So I think, and we only got halfway through it because we nearly... What? We only got halfway through the last movie that I I watched um, because it was quite late at night, but we got about halfway through G-Force. Is that the one about hamsters? Yeah, it's the one about, basically, they train up a bunch of guinea pigs (sighs) to be, like, and gerbils and stuff, to be (sighs) spies. And uh, they get sent out on missions to to spy on people and stuff. And it's got, uh, yeah, it's got some pretty, it's got some pretty good like acting talent in it. And then it's got, uh, you you say acting talent, but mm. isn't it all CGI? No, it's not all CGI. The guinea pigs right. mostly are, but the the human beings mostly, are, yeah, they mostly. Are. I think there's some scenes where there are actual real guinea pigs dressed uh, as spies. Just as spies. It's pretty good, though. Like, like no, no, the, no. The, God, the most impressive no. thing about G Force is well worth is well worth watching. The opening fifteen minutes is you go into it thinking, well, this is going to be tongue in cheek. This is going to be like really, really silly and all that sort of stuff. But you go into it and there's this there's this strange seriousness to everything where they expect you to get on board with the law pretty quickly. Like, like you're in the, they, they drop you in in the middle of this mission and it's, it's not like an introduction to everybody. It's, it just feels like you should already know who the G-Force are. It's really strange. It's a really strange opening and it feels like it's quite self-serious and you're never 100% sure if it's being played for laughs or if it's actually like, no, this is the G-Force. They're well cool. They're, they're guinea pigs and they're spies. My God. Wow. I am stunned, but not at all surprised. Right. In your in your film watching abilities, what what drew you to it? Yeah, yeah. Out of, out of all the films that oh, you could have seen, yeah, of all the films you could possibly see, well, at what point did you look at guinea pig spies and think that's the film for me? How how does anybody see the phrase guinea pig spies and not think, yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, I'm on yeah, board. I can uh, I can only imagine mm. you were just going for a a, a, a light movie experience. You, you didn't want to go too in-depth. You don't didn't like, want to lose yourself. Yeah. I don't like heavy movies, to be perfectly honest with you. I much prefer lighter, more frothy, sweet kind of stuff. Like For me, life is far too stressful and sad as it is. So it's like I'd much rather just be sat down and told about why, you know... Like Beverly Hills Chihuahua is one of my favourite movies because it's just... It's great. It's got everything you want. It's got a little bit of peril, but everything's fine. I'm in starting the end. to see a pattern of, of yeah, movies so that you like. <laughs> with small rodent-shaped animals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, have you ever heard of the series like Air Bud? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm with the basketball. Yeah, with dog. the dog. So there's loads of them. There's like Ski Bud, Air Bud, Hockey Bud, uh, Soccer Bud. Like 
I basically have resigned myself to the fact that at some point I will get ill, right? And I will be like, oh, I don't feel very good. So I would probably just like take the day off work at some point, feeling like absolute crap, and then be like, I'm going to watch it as much of the bud canon as possible and see, you know, try and get into the really big lore and meta fiction of the bud universe. So, so is that one of your go-to uh, requirements for a film, to have yeah. a, a, an animal protagonist? It hasn't got to, but like it certainly adds an extra star when I come to think and about... And when you suggest these films, mm. do you have to convince your other half that this yeah. is a good idea? Yeah, Alex is like, why are we watching this? This is a ridic- This is silly. This is rubbish. But then we well, get... Well, as like, we've halfway heard through. from her before on the podcast, but, she's but a very we, smart cookie. But then we get like halfway through Beverly Hills Chihuahua and she's like, let's watch two and three. All right, Dan. Dan, here you go. So um, there are one, two, three, four. There are five sports that Airbud puts his talents to. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I want you to. I'll give you. Everyone knows the first one. Classic uh, basketball. Okay, that wouldn't have been my go-to. My go-to would have been football, as in soccer. Yes, yes. He in Airbud World Pup. Um, Josh and Emma I assume those are his owners um, discover Buddy's um, soccer skills so three more three more sports hold on no 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 no. hold on so Buddy first of all is a a, a top class basketball player yeah 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 yeah. right and so they're like so they're like it's so weird he can play basketball and then, then right? There's two things that don't match up on this, right? First of all, he can—he's then a superstar soccer player, right? Yeah. So he's a superstar soccer player. That just that, does that, not make sense. By the sense. way, that's not—you're not doing it in order of the canon. By the way, there is okay. there is a sport between there. There is a bridge between oh, basketball okay. and soccer. So it's not the massive leap of no, skill but, and dexterity. But you're even uh, so. This this animal can do not just one amazing sport to a professional level, but two, which is more than most humans can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, second of all, they were surprised. Like this is already a a dog that has the ability to play sports to an exceptional level. Like in both ways, it just does not make any sort of fiction sense. What's this third sport that's in the middle of this? I wouldn't. I'd, I'd like to say American football gets in there somewhere. There we go. So from, right, from okay. basketball, yeah. Um, one using your hands or your paws. One I year later, the after the original yeah. Airbud, right? Yeah. Um, he, he's conquered the world of basketball. They, they release Airbud Golden Receiver, where oh he learns God. how to play yes. American football. Yeah. Okay. But but you can see that like receiving for a dog, really. I don't know why I don't know why they started with basketball because surely a dog's main (laughs) skill is someone throwing a ball and it running and going I can grab that and then run to another place with it. Yeah, I think they started off too big with basketball. No wonder the rest of them were direct to video. Yeah. Um, All right, Dan. Two more sports that Airbud, um, and and two more incredible, incredible dog-based puns. Uh, from the team at okay. Disney. Uh, Is it a Disney joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Disney and your live action. I've got to say ice hockey. Oh, no, they never made um, Air Bud uh, pucking hell. 
Mm, okay, so I don't think they'd call it pucking. One, one swing and a miss. <laughs> uh, skiing. Skiing. Oh no, they didn't. They didn't make. Uh, there must be a winter sport in there. Figure skating. No, there's no. Um, I think you're referring to snow buddies. Um, the of offspring of Buddy and Molly. I take it that's his human. Wife. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So there's a mainline canon, yeah, 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 and yeah. then there's spin-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Buddy has right. puppies, and then right. there's um, seven spin-off films of of the Buddies, the Buddy family. Oh I like the fact God. that Pete's words make it sound as if he's surprised at this, where his tone makes it sound that he's really excited that there's a whole new wealth of films for him to watch. Yeah, I've just I can just be iller for longer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dan, two more. Uh, they're uh, not winter. Sports. One of them is a very summer sport. Volleyball. In Airbud, spikes back. <laughs> <laughs> but again, but again, Dan, there is a there is a sport which, to be honest, makes more sense for a dog to be taking part of than any than any of the others. Hmm. But yeah, it's fourth on the five, the the quintuplet. Can you give me a genre of uh, sport? Sport, for the final? Well, sport, sport is a genre Dan. within itself. Well, athletics. There's many sports within athletics. Um, uh. Oh my god! They should have just done running. Yeah, like, no. surely that's Air, that's the obvious one. Airbud, javelin Air adventures. Bu- yeah. Um, no. Um, neither did they make Airbud free diving champion. Come on, Dan. Think think about the sports that have preceded it. Basketball, American yeah. football. Yeah. Football. I don't know what the big American sports Oh my god. Ice hockey would be my go to it. Ice hockey's not even ice hockey's a big Canadian sport. Come on. Yeah, a but it's played in it's played American in American sports. American sports, Dan. American sports. North America and how and sports that they play in the summer. Doodly doodly that was a clue. How do I know this, Dan? Because you watch a lot of Dan, animal-based films. Right. In our country, we would call this sport cricket. Baseball. Well done. Jesus Christ. Oh Airbud, seventh inning fetch. How can he hold the bat? But no, Dan, he could be an outfield player. He could be an outfielder, yeah. Outfielder. <laughs> just catch the... I'll tell you what, play, though. He's just playing what, fetch, though. then, isn't he? I'll tell you what, though. I'd be very interested to find out whether or not he... Because at some point in baseball, you have to pitch. Uh, no, 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 not, not everyone's... No, because it's... No, not everyone's a pitcher. They don't oh, all just take okay. it in turns. No. Uh, it's not... It's not oh, well, you'd get away with it then. Yeah. Um, the, the <laughs> no pun, one had noticed. The uh, pun for this one is a bit of a stretch. Seventh inning fetch. Mm. Which I take it is a pun on the seven-year itch. I don't know. No, seventh, seventh inning stretch, I think stretch. it would be. All oh, right, okay, I see what you mean. That's a, how, think, you know I, a lot about baseball. Because I think, I think it's when baseball stretches on into... It's why you end up with really long games of baseball. Dan, you know how earlier you were talking about not being able to share something with somebody and you're like oh this is a really cool thing that I like and then your lady partner was like I don't give a shit well uh, this is something that you and I can share because I've never really played 
the Oddworld games. Like I played them a oh, little bit. Oh, you've been playing them. Well, I've never really played them before. Um, like I played a little bit of Stranger's Wrath just to see it, and maybe maybe a couple of hours of that. And I played. I think everybody played Oddworld Abe's Odyssey back in the day, just for like first twenty minutes until it got really, really, really hard on the PlayStation One um, and on PC and stuff like that. But uh, recently, there's a company called Limited Run, and I've been sort of following what they've been doing for a really long time because I think that what they do is awesome. Uh, so what they what Limited Run does is they they take games which are already available usually on digital platforms so it tends to be PlayStation 4 and Vita at the moment so they take the games that have already come out on those systems and then they make limited runs hence the name of uh, those games but as physical editions so they're based out in the States and they make these limited runs of these usually indie games so that people who are really into those games can pick up a copy for themselves, have a physical edition, and it's like a nice little extra, you know? Like, some people don't just want digital games, some people want physical games as well, which I think is totally fair, and and certainly my mindset, I tend to always buy physical rather than digital, because I'm like, if that server goes down with all of my games on it, then at least I have this disc, and I can throw it in, and I can play it again, even though I probably would never want to play it ever again. Anyway, they just did... Um, Oddworld New and Tasty on PlayStation 4 and Vita? Yes, I I played it on PS4. Oh, okay. Did you get it, like... Did you, like, buy it as a download or something like that? Yeah, I got it as a download. Right, 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 right. Um, so, yeah, I nearly bought you a copy of this because yeah. I was just like... So I bought myself a copy because I, um, I was like, do you know what? I think this is the first limited run game I'm going to get because there's only... I think there's only a few thousand copies that they printed. Um, and I was like, do you know what? I really want to play Old World New and Tasty. This is the game that I'm going to do. Uh, go ahead and purchase. And um, yeah, I nearly bought you a copy because I was just like, this would make for a really good birthday present or a Christmas present down the line. Uh, and then I thought, do you know what? I don't actually know whether or not you would have seen it because I tweeted about it. And I was like, if you bought it as well, I would be like, I could buy it for him. And then, But, but what, what, what would have been it? awkward is the fact that not only had I played it, but mm. also I'd have got it and I'd be, I would have been like, Oh, it's amazing, but I wouldn't have realised that it would have been a limited run. So mm. I would have just thought you've bought me the game, yeah, a game that I've already got. Game, and so I'm actually yeah. not going to. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have got the fact that it's actually pretty special that it was going to be a physical yeah. copy. So it would have all gone yeah. horribly wrong. Yeah, I would have looked silly. You'd have been disappointed. Yeah. Our friendship would have been over. Yeah. So I take it you didn't buy it then. Not the limit. Not the physical copy, no. But I played okay. the game. Well, okay, uh, so yeah, we've... so obviously there's there's the physical there's the physical side of it, which I think is really cool. Like genuinely, I think that like that is a really awesome thing to be doing, like making games that are digital only but physical versions, so that fans can get into it. I think that's awesome. But the actual game itself, like, oh my god, Oddworld New and Tasty feels like it feels like Oddworld uh, Abe's Odyssey, but it plays like how I remember it playing but not actually how Abe's Odyssey actually now plays. Like Abe's Odyssey now p- plays a little bit clunky. It feels like the original yeah. Prince of Persia. It feels like um, flashback. It feels like that era of 2D figuring out puzzles. Ah, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead kind of stuff. Whereas this game feels much more fluid and much more in the vein of how I remember those opening levels actually I mean, playing. What, what's interesting is, because I love the Oddworld games, mm. and I've talked to you guys before, and you guys 
I don't think any of you guys have ever played um, any of the Oddworld games. So I've always kind I of... have. I have. Hang on, hang on. This is like the wrestling conversation all over again. When you two, <laughs> you two went on a podcast and went, no one here likes wrestling. Uh, so we'll talk cool. about it while no one else cares. And I was like, hang on, I love wrestling. How are you going on? I've not played any Oddworld games. What have you played? Um, the first one and the uh, weird third-person So one. you've played uh, Abe's Odyssey and Munchie's Odyssey? No. The Stranger's, Stranger's Wrath. Wrath. Right, right, right. Okay. So, I mean, I, I've, I've, played, I've played all of them. I don't think there's any that I haven't played. Um, but yeah, I, also played, I also played um, a, a Bud... Budding event. No, stop. Let's, let's, let's we'll, stop. we'll cut that bit. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, but like, like, yeah, New and Tasty is, it's a really good update. Like, it's yeah, really, it really is. good. Like, but, like I, I bought it thinking I would love to play this because I know Dan really likes it and I want to understand the games that like my pals like. Because if pe- people are talking about games and they're like, oh, this is amazing, you should play it. And I don't. And I kind of feel like, well, maybe I'm missing out on something. And I was kind of like, well, maybe this is like nostalgia factor for you. But I started playing it and I just thought, no, this totally makes sense. This is still a great game. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, as I said, I've played it actually a few times. I've got, I bought the original, the two original games. Um, I think I bought them a couple of times, actually. Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus, mm. which are the first two. Um, I think I had them on PC because I got them like as a double pack. I think I bought them on PS4 from the, from kind of the PlayStation Store as well. So I've had it a few different versions. So I've played it quite a few times over the years. And it wasn't, it wouldn't have actually been that long ago that I played one of them. So when I played New and Tasty, there were elements because they have changed some of the control scheme of it. So yeah. for example, in the, in the original, pressing the triangle button takes a, like a, a leap forward from a standing still, one leap forward. And that doesn't exist in the new and tasty version. So my brain used the leap forward as a method of being able to make very deliberate steps forward, say over a bomb or something like that. So I couldn't then do that. So it took me a while to kind of recalibrate how I mm. navigated the world because some, some of the elements that I wanted to use in my mind, just didn't work anymore. Mm. But yeah, I, that game, and I'm not... The Abe's Odyssey, I didn't play as much as Abe's Ed- Exodus, so I still got to really enjoy the game as well. There were still surprises for me and all bits and pieces like that. I tried to save as many of, of your pals that you have in the game. Mm. That was my intention. It didn't work out too well, but I did all right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it because I love those games. I think. Well, so I should say I'm enjoying it. So I'm about. I'm like I've put maybe I've not had a lot of gaming time because it's all been taken up with the massively disappointing Assassin's Creed Chronicles trilogy. What a surprise! Eh? Um, yeah, I'm really surprised that that's been a really like that's now all of the Assassin's Creed games basically played by me except for some of the handheld spin-offs, which at this point I'm just not bothered. Um, but yeah, that was a massive dis. Like that was twenty two hours, like of a third of this is good, the rest of it is not great. But so I really, I really needed like something to bring me back in. So I've played about like half an hour, I would say, of, of the of New and Tasty, and it just feels, it feels great. It feels exactly like the kind of like video game sorbet that I need. What's the um, enduring appeal of mm. Abe? Is it the fact that we don't 
really make games like that anymore or is it just the world and the character that you think I think a big port like I think a big part of the appeal of that world as in odd world inhabitants is that they set up the law in such a way it's called it's called door ajar narrative so door ajar narrative essentially says that you give enough information for the player to get through the main linear narrative story beats, i.e. you are Abe and you start here and by the end of it you'll get here and you'll be able to make a proper narrative out of all of all of those all of those steps along the way. But there are also things that come in that are never fully explained. So um, in the very opening of the of new and tasty, there's a video that plays which is all about the products that the company that you're a slave at like make. And one of them, they say, um, we used to make Meech Munchies until the Meeches run out or something along those yeah. lines. They basically say, we used to make this product until we didn't have this animal anymore. And that's where they leave it. They never explain where the animal comes from, how it, like, clearly it was killed through... You know, um, and it's quite, it's quite uh, just as you say, just with that one sentence, it's it's quite sad. Just, it's really sad, that. and and you think, where did these animals come from? And the animals that they're that they're talking about in these products, some of them are sentient. So you start thinking, so was there a civilization? Where did the civilization live? Like, how did this company get to the point where they could do that? Why was the why is the universe set up in such a way that this kind of corporate destruction can happen so but they never explain any of it they just they just it's just a throwaway line of we used to make this and now we can't and it's real like and that i think holds on to the onto players and it's, it grabs your imagination i, I think for, i think for me the, the the story itself is a fairly traditional story it's not it, it's it's the, the the little man fighting back against the big big boss i mean that's a fairly standard story mm. i mm. think really what sticks it with me and what kept bringing me back is kind of as you say without doing an awful lot they have created a world which is so vibrant and all the all the creatures in it look so distinctive and look as look like things that you've never seen anywhere else mm. they don't look like a, a, a reskinned version of something else they all look unique yeah. within not, that world they're not orcs and elves and goblins they're exactly yeah I mean, the closest thing you get is the character of Abe, who's uh, a Madokan, and that because the closest you get with him is the fact that he is fairly kind of human uh, mm. in his anatomy, kind of mm. two arms, two legs, upright, all that stuff. Whereas there's not really anyone, any other creature in the game that kind of shares that. I mean, as you go through the game, the other characters you have is um, you have the stranger in Stranger's Wrath, um, who has certain characteristics of human but as the as the game goes on uh, that that changes but also in Munch's Odyssey you've got Munch who is has one foot and he's basically a little guy with one foot and he's amazing and I love mm. that game yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know it's probably the least critically liked game but I really enjoy that game mm. and I think one of the reasons for it is because it sticks to which something that Stranger's Wrath lost a little bit of my favourite thing about the Odd World games is the humour the humour that comes through those games. Sometimes it's stupid humour, literal, literal fart jokes, to the point where in Abe's Exodus, a weapon you have is possessing one of your farts and making it explode. Awesome. <laughs> it's stupid, 
but it's funny. Mm. And a lot of that game is slapstick, but it's just really humorous and it and it knows that it's being stupid and it embraces it. So mm. in Munch's Odyssey, when you're the, the munch with one leg, he's not very fast. So what do you do? Well, you give him a wheelchair and the wheelchair squeaks as it goes all around the world. And it's just naturally quite a funny sight to have mm. this little creature in a rickety wheelchair. Careful, Dan. <laughs> ableist humour <laughs> there's nothing funnier than a one-legged maducan but but I, I know exactly what you're saying Dan like it's it, it, it isn't ableist humour because actually he is the star and like he he's amazing like yeah. from everything I've seen about that game like he is genuinely he is 100% the hero and it's not played for look at the cripple oh, it's, no. it's played as this guy this guy is not your usual character but he still manages to like uh, he still manages to save the day and absolutely i mean he's he's, a, he's an amphibian character so in water he's super fast yeah. but because he's only got one leg he's not fast on land mm. so they give him a wheelchair so he can get so basically you don't spend ages walking around a level that's mm. basically that's what it is but it's a humorous way of allowing that to happen by finding a small wheelchair in the middle of a field you're like mm. all right fair enough i'm i'm on board i'll do that Squeakity squeak. <laughs> yeah, squeakity squeak. Squeakity squeak. That's a sequel to G Force. I am gonna use I'm I'm throwing my hat into the onto the conch and I'm <coughs> What? That isn't I'm, a thing. I'm holding the the stick of speak and the rock of talk again. And yet no. I'm going. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to talk about Uncharted Four. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Because um, so, none of us so can talk can about do, Uncharted yeah. so Four. You can, no, no. Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the okay. deal. Okay. Here's the deal. You can totally yeah. talk about Uncharted mm-hmm. Four. I would love mm-hmm. to hear about it because I've I've st- I've steered away from yeah, reviews and stuff because I've wanted to keep mm-hmm. really pure about it. Here's the thing. If you spoil any fucking <laughs> bit of this game for me, I will no, disown I you I'm, completely. And just 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 so just yeah. so we can be clear, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You making any uh, implications about certain areas of the game that you like? Yeah. I'm not, not going to talk about areas. Yeah. I don't want to. Okay, okay. Well, I was I was going right, to get you guys to ask me questions, so I'll only answer the things okay. that you want answered. So then I'm not going to. So if I spoil okay, anything, well, it's your fault. I'm absolving myself. Okay, well, of I've any, got. Uh, <laughs> I've got. A, I've got a great question for you. Okay, go for it. Uh, the one a bit of research I have done into Uncharted 4 is yeah. what it got on Metacritic because mm-hmm. I think that's a really good barometer for generally how critics feel uh, and it seems to have got ridiculously high scores across the board is it the best Uncharted game? Yes Okay what is it doing beyond Uncharted 1 2, 3 and Golden Abyss that uh <laughs> That and the mobile spin-offs. Uh, the 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 yeah. What what's it doing different that that just puts it into that next level? All right, okay. Um, to clarify, it's not just the best Uncharted game, but it in my mind, and even though it's a game that I want to replay at some point, it's the best Naughty Dog game. Okay, 
Um, it's a bold, bold statement because mm. Last of Us is my favourite game of all time. And Jack and Daxter is pretty good. <laughs> and, and I'll qualify this by saying that um, Naughty Dog have actually been very brave with Uncharted in a way where most of its inspiration has come from in terms of design... Um, narrative and delivery has all come from The Last of Us rather than the majority of the Uncharted series. So when you say that, like, obviously you're not talking about like people people who are plant zombies. Yeah. But yeah. like, are you like there was like there was a lot of quiet moments in last in The Last of Us. L- let me let me break it down to you how how I think. Mm. where this game fits in with Naughty Dog's design ladder. I recently replayed the Uncharted collection. So in Uncharted 1, and this is all conjecture from my part, I feel that Naughty Dog were trying to push trying to push the realms of um, what the system could do, especially in terms of animation. So I'm thinking in specific yeah. how yeah. Um, the protagonist interacts with the environment. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Most people point out the... The subway scene, um, you know, Nathan simply putting a hand on the on the door of the subways uh, the, as he's going down. Um, subway? Sub- I'm thinking of his advert that he did, Submarine. And Uncharted 2, there was a big leap ahead with, okay, well, how can we... We've kind of got the character interacting with the environment. How can the environment now interact with the character? And that's mm. all the biggest leap in terms of right now things move and interact with you this is what uncharted is kind of thing yeah and then people say that r3 is a bit of a letdown but for me it's the best of that original playstation 3 trilogy Mm, that is Um, bold that is bold it is to be fair i thought that at the time i i think the story in two is better but i i thought there was I enjoy I liked more of what I saw in Uncharted Three than this is what I said to Chris. Mm. I said yes, the story is better in two, but it's told better in three. Agreed, yeah. And for me, that's what they kind of started to get right is that balance between storytelling and action adventure. In The Last of Us, it's again it's really nailing that narrative and world design, and then that all comes together with Uncharted 4 and to the fact that Uncharted 4 when you press X to start the game it's a black screen with white numbers in the left bottom left hand corner of your loading percentage like in terms of what they've taken from The Last of Us it's that much so you start the game pretty much exactly like you started every The Last of Us every time you jumped into it Dan, questions? I, I don't. I don't really have any questions because I don't want to know anything that I don't want to know. Ah, oh, okay. Can I have another question? Yeah, of course you can. You have Just as many as you want. Dan, Dan's amazing. Uh, the uh, great radio, Dan. Great radio. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't have any questions for you. Can we move on to the next thing? Yeah, because um, I don't want to get anything spoiled from me. There's, um, like, I don't need to know specifics. No. But is it is is this is is there going to be an Uncharted Five? I don't want to say. Okay, fine. Uh, 
Naughty Dog, in my understanding of kind of the build-up to it, uh, I would have said that this was going to be the last Uncharted. That was yeah. from because I know you've obviously stayed clear of stuff. So from my understanding, and I don't, I didn't, I've not seen a lot of it either. But my understanding in the build-up was that this was going to be the last one. Because, because obviously, I'm, and I'm not talking about whether or not there's a death or whether or not there's a there's you know an end to a story or anything like that. But like, like I don't need to know the specifics of it, but. It, is it is it just simply I guess I guess my feeling is Naughty Dog have always made games that you can tell they've come to the end of a series because they're like there's not really anything else we can do within this framework whereas with Uncharted 3 you looked at it and you went there's some really interesting storytelling stuff that they're just starting to do here that you could totally see another an, another game work on that so this is what I'll say about Eight hours into Uncharted Four, my thoughts were constantly, "Why are they not? Why can they not just make this series forever? Right, it's that okay. good." And this is no detriment of the game, but when it finished, I don't want another Uncharted. Okay, okay, interesting. I'm, I'm really, I so want to play it. Like, I'm, there's so much on my backlog right now, but. I, you just you just gave twenty two hours to a shit Assassin's Creed Chronicles. It's a problem. It's a real, <laughs> real problem. Do you know? I got to the end of it and went, oh, well, I mean, six or seven hours of that was quite fun, but I mean, the rest of it wasn't great. Well, maybe, I, but that's okay. That's that that's me done with the Assassin's Creed series this year. And then I went, oh, except for of course I've got to go and see the movie. Oh, and there's that iOS mobile spin off that I haven't played yet. And then and then immediately my brain was like, stop it, dickhead! Like there are so many other bet like. I'll tell you what, Pete, Pete, if you, if you get that hankering, okay, if you, if you get that Assassin's Creed hankering in the back of your mind, mm. just kind of inching its way up, okay, mm. play Shadow of Mordor. No, I don't want to. Because that will give you a lot of the stuff that you want from Assassin's Creed, no, that, however, no. it's a better game. No, you are conflating what I get out of Assassin's Creed. It, that's like me, right, like, I am addicted to meth, essentially at this point it's not like i'm like oh meth's great meth's fine i'm sure meth's fine for a meth addict right i'm sure they're like yeah this is this is fine this is okay at this point i'm not getting anything great out of it it's just simply i can't stop like I, if i'm so invested at this point in the assassin's creed series that that i have to keep going like as soon as they go oh this is definitely canon i'm like well i've got to play it then because at some point surely they'll make Again, on the broken. prospect of like all of the story they've been setting up. At some point, they'll have to just say, "Okay, let's move the narrative on." They won't just keep like reeling me in with, <laughs> "Oh, maybe you'll find out about what Project um, Phoenix is." No. Oh, maybe you'll find out about what Desmond was. Do- no. Like maybe Jude. No. Like it's just. It's a problem, and I need to get it to the. I need to just not be around that series anymore for a little bit. Mm. Well, back to Uncharted Four. Um, <laughs> what, what's that? What's that, Dan? What's that, Dan? You, you, you've got a question for me. No, yeah, I do. Um, I just want to ask Sam. I just wanted to ask um, what game, what gameplay changes have Naughty Dog put in? You know to make it seem a lot more relevant game well I'll tell you Dan that's a very good mm, question mm. that's it's something that, salient, something that I'd, I'd like to be able to answer with you <laughs> and not spoil anything for you um, 
And I'll talk about two things specifically. Mm. So this is, um, first, it's probably the most linear, the least linear um, Uncharted game that they've come out with. So for the first time, you're responsible as Nathan Drake for making journal notes. Cool. So if you don't explore the environment to its fullest then there are potentially things and notes in your book that you will miss. So you know in previous Uncharted games, you get to a puzzle and you'd open up your journal mm. and you would have just filled it with tons of stuff that you would have never encountered and never yeah. have done. Yeah. In this, 90%, probably about, actually probably about more than that, 95% of the stuff, actually no, 100% of the stuff that goes to the journal is either put in by yourself or at least referenced with conversations with other characters so you know the source right, okay. of where it's from um, and the detail of the journal is so much that when you come across stuff and put it in you can actually see Nathan drawing in his journal like over his shoulder as he's as he's doing it it's incredible that's, that's the level of detail that they've that they've gone to so you'll see something draw it in your journal and you can see sort of the sort of vague black and white drawing in the notebook before he closes it and then do you know st- stuff like that like as somebody who works at an indie company like, stuff like that makes me like it makes me go wow that's amazing but it also makes me massively annoyed because I just as somebody who's producing like an indie project I just I, I hear about a feature like that and think about exactly how much that would cost to implement mm-hmm. and make and I just think like yeah. I, I, I could probably I could probably make a, a make a decent indie game out of that yeah it just just the the amount of time it will have taken to and budget and people to get nathan drake drawing doodles into a <laughs> fucking sketch pad the journal takes on um a, a massive role in this and you can get it out at any time mm. um and your journal um, <laughs> which makes a massive difference to the previous ones where it felt like your journal all your journal was was a here's how to solve this puzzle book yeah yeah definitely. um whereas in this it's not there is because of the nature of the the quest that you're on which is arguably a this is an adventure they should have taken nathan on for the first in terms of you know who he is um and a job as a treasure hunter should have gone on but um yeah the journal's great and the other great thing they do in terms of gameplay is that the um the climbing is non-linear so there are multiple paths that you can now take up a mountain or along a wall so when you're looking at a wall before in uncharted you're like right look for the yellow look for the yellow um and while there is a lot of that, now it's more like, right, I can I can see that there's things that I can climb on there, but how do I get there? I can either take this journey up left on, on the left-hand side or I can take this journey up on the right-hand side and go over there. So you no longer feel like you're being funneled in a certain direction. You can actually decide which path you take mm. to a destination, which for me probably made it because that was my biggest problem with Uncharted 3 is you have these great incredible scenes and then suddenly you'd be that would be wide and expansive and then suddenly everything would be funneled very thinly like down a narrow corridor 
but here it's that that feeling of just being in this world is never narrowed or never um blinkered from you you're always in it i have a question on that note Go on. is there a uh, noticeable reduction in the amount of strategically placed waist high walls um or are there conveniently placed barrels still located around the place? There are, but there are a lot. Do they feel organic like they did in Last of Us? Yes, um, because the firefights in this Uncharted are a lot fewer. There's less of them and they're more balanced. So there are no real kill rooms. You know you know in Uncharted three and well all of them where you sit in a room and it just be endless waves and waves and waves of enemies and you just feel like, Oh come on. Like they yeah. even pastiche themselves. You you're just like, Give me the drum. Yeah. Like you just want that dum and you're like, Good, and now mm-hmm. I can move on. Uh here the firefights are a lot more organic and interesting and some of the places that they take that they take part on are just absolutely incredible so it does feel a lot more organic and i I think they've got the pacing down so much that you're always ready for a fight and you're and the breaks in between are a lot longer and you don't feel like you're wasting your time Mm. it's great it's great um but yeah play it Did you guys see that um, what's being made into a movie? Ah, oh, what was it? It's a shitty mobile game that's being made into a right, movie. Right, first of all, first of all, where's the hatred coming from? Second of all, uh, are, you, are you thinking of Fruit Ninja? Yes, that is it. Yeah, so so I, I, I saw the headline for this and just went, I'm so glad I don't cover mobile games anymore. Like... Yeah, so they're making Fruit Ninja into a mobile game, but then here's the thing. Sorry, not into a movie. They're not. They're making Fruit so, Ninja into a hang movie. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. So, start me off at the beginning. Fruit Ninja yeah. was the game that David Cameron really liked, wasn't it? Uh, did he? Yes. Okay. What um, is yeah, maybe Fruit Ninja? Fruit Ninja is a game in which you are presented with a screen and on the screen <laughs> a uh, a bunch of fruit, fruit yeah. fling up into the air yeah. and also occasionally a bomb. And the idea is that you swipe on the screen with your finger over the fruit and it slices through and you get points. If you swipe multiple fruit at the same time, you get multiple bonuses for, for doing those fruits. If you swipe through a bomb, the game ends. It's an endless action game, so it's the idea of highest score and competing All right, okay, so now I want your film synopses for how mm. swiping at mindless, boring fruit is going to be yeah. somehow made into well, a 90-minute movie. So, I, unfortunately, I think they do have some plot already in Fruit Ninja, which is that you are training with a a, a, a sort of, like, martial arts master and the reason he's throwing fruit at you is it's like one of those wax on wax off things from Karate Kid so I imagine it will go down the let's explore this fascinating character um, sort of route I can't imagine in this day and age that we yeah. are going to make a film I say we, you know what I mean Yeah, it's not no, you or, it's I, not you no. or I um, we're busy making Batman we're busy yeah. making Batman um, the banter files um 
that we get with that we're making a film that's going to promote food wastage right and like the angry birds movie is like like well that promotes time wastage but that's a different thing like i could imagine in fruit ninja that he Mm. uses his ninja skills to or they um they use their ninja skills to prepare fruit in interesting ways for interesting clients yeah that works Like a row, there's yeah, that, a row of that, nice. uh, monks or nuns, or that, and they're just like, "Oh, we really wanted some banana splits, mm. but we can't split enough bananas in the time given to us, <laughs> so we really need to get like a fruit ninja in to split the bananas." Yeah. Um, can you split the bananas? And yeah, of course I can split the bananas. I'll, Sam, I'll that sounds banana. horrible. And. Look, that sounds Dan, like a horrible film. Well, we all already know that Fruit Ninja is going to be an awful, awful film, along with the Tetris movie. And but exactly now, this is it. Hollywood has been optioning video games for years. Whether or not they, anything ever comes out of them, like it's genuinely a miracle that Assassin's Creed is coming out as a movie. Like the Prince of Persia thing again, it feels like it's just Ubisoft getting films made. Like, and even then, the Assassin's but- Creed movie hasn't been brave enough to actually set the film in the time in you know or make a film that's actually reflects the game in any possible way so 30 percent yeah, of it's, it's only going to be different actually location different time different characters there are there is a little bit of crossover apparently but like yeah i mean but here's the thing missile command space invaders tetris as you said all of these have been optioned to be made into movies i can tell you right now that like like if the Tetris movie gets made to any level that it would end up in a cinema, I would be massively surprised. The thing is, though, you like, say that in terms of Tetris, if you said five years ago and they announced mm. that there was going to be a movie about Lego, you'd have said, That'd be, that's, that's ridiculous, that's absurd. And many people did say that. No, they, no, they did. Many people yeah, but, but thought it was Dan, absurd there would be a Lego Dan, movie. But Dan, but Lego has got characters and yeah. things that you can build Lego stuff out of. So even though, yeah, a Lego movie might have been quite a stretch a few years ago, you could at least go, well, you can build whatever you want out of Lego, so I guess they can make a movie about whatever you want. Or you can build out of Tetris as a line. The point is it's about the people who are making it and the people who are writing it. And if you get the right creative people... If they have an idea that can that can but twist But where do you go with Tetris? It. Well, you'll wait and see. They're already talking about doing a trilogy. They're not just talking about My one God. film. No, no, that's not real. Surely that is. not. They're already talking about it being a trilogy. Trilogy. Film trilogy of Tetris. Mantle. Look, who is greenlighting this shit? Like who, clearly, who they is... think, clearly they think they have a good idea. The Tetris IP isn't even that big anymore. I'd like to see oh I'd like to God. see a movie of how Tetris was invented. That's an interesting movie, you know, by yeah, behind the be... Iron Curtain of the Cold War and So there's some really great documentaries about that stuff and yeah, like that would be really, really cool. Like I mean, a better movie would be a Clash of Clans movie. Because at least there's characters. Like even if they're paper thin, at least there's human <laughs> beings who are able to speak. Like or, or, or interact in some way, but like a Tetris movie. But it's just, you know, missile come up. But then that being said, they made a battleship movie. Yeah, but yeah, like ultimately, ultimately, all of this is 
again, it, it comes back to this idea of nostalgia. It, it, they will try and sell it on nostalgia. There, there, there isn't a good artistic reason to make movies like this. Like, yeah. This, and they will have also have seen the amount of money that... Pixels made. Uh, the angry... Yeah, and like <laughs> the amount of money that... that, that uh, uh, Rovio's put into the Angry Birds movie. Like they they put together an entire animation studio mm-hmm. just to make that movie. So clearly they're they're banking on it doing really really well. It, it didn't review very well, but it took um, Civil War off but the it top. Spot. Civil War off the top. Yeah. Yep. Like I didn't even know Angry Birds was still a thing. Is that still a thing? Yeah, kids love Angry Birds. Kids absolutely love it. They Peter Willington down with the kids. I know. Hello, everyone. Um, Careful. Well, Rovio creepy. makes more. Rovio makes more money out of merchandise, merchandising, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a Spider-Man effect, himself. basically. Yeah yeah. 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 So I've got a question for you. Great. Uh, I've had this. I've had this question. Uh, I've asked this question to uh, some friends, and there was some divisive answers. So I'm going to ask the same to you. Okay. Right to it. Um, it's not that question. All right. The question is... Peanut M&M's. First, I eat the caramel on top and leave the uh, biscuit part for later. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. How do you eat a Twix? Yeah, you're a heathen. I just eat it. Just eat it. Just, I just sit there and eat it because I'm just like, it's a Twix. Like, I, I don't, it's, not, it's not a toy. Yeah, but sometimes you want to make it last longer. Mm, that's not why I'm in 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 on the Twix. I'm not in. I'm not into the Twix to make it last longer. I'm into the Twix to get as much of the deliciousness oh, okay. into my mouth. Dan, as was possible. that your question? Surprisingly not. Okay, okay. Can I ask your question now? Uh, my question is. Oh, sometimes I lick it first mm. and then. Uh... All right, I'm giving up. I'm saying goodbye for <laughs> you. You're not going to show up. <laughs> Batman. Dan, come on, what's the question? No, I'm not asking I know it. what it is, so I'll Dan. just ask it for you. Right, guys. No, Dan, no, you can't. It's Dan's question. Dan. Not doing it, not doing it. Dan. You pushed Dan, me too question. You pushed no, me Dan, too No, Dan, it's your question. I know we've teased you. Come and on. And now you come have on, to live with the consequences. Because I think this is, Right, this question, I'm pretty sure I asked you and rocked your mm. world with it. Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you've yeah, stolen yeah, this yeah. question from me. Yeah. I don't think so. All right, I'll ask it. What's the most important part of a sandwich? Right. The bread or the filling. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just clarify right. that the most important of a sa- the most important part of a sandwich conceptually is the fact you can hold it with one hand. That's why it was invented. We're gonna part that to the side for one one minute. Oh, okay. okay. This hold is, on. This, is, hold this on has now. been this has been designated by Mr. Frost as a two point question. He's set the parameters. We're not gonna talk about sandwich concepts. Mm. You, no, no, Pete. You can't argue with me that if you can't hold a sandwich with one hand, it's nothing to do that. The most important thing about the concept <laughs> of a sandwich got out of control. is that it is, it is, it is the bread and it is the filling. That is what makes it. Oh, the I completely sandwich. agree with you. <laughs> okay, right. So okay. <laughs> Fine. Just, just as long as our philosophy is on the same level. Yeah, yeah. Like, sandwich philosophy. By the by. Can you still have a good sandwich? But Mm. so, right, I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to paint a word picture for you. Okay. Right. So close your eyes. Mm. Dan's already done it. Oh, no, he's opened them now. Um, Close your eyes. 
you're walking down a Parisian high street. It's a lovely sunny summer's day. The Eiffel Tower is just uh, yeah. Um, yeah. peeking its its yeah. its nose above the tops of um, some classic um, Parisian streets, and your nose is drawn towards the freshly mm. baked bread uh, of a Parisian uh, bakery mm. or a bakery, yep. as kind I believe it's. Kind of feel like you're. Uh, kind of feel like you're. Uh, you're already sort of. Sp- no, 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 not at all, not at all, no, okay, I'm, I'm okay, just fine. trying to paint you a picture. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And you walk into the shop, and as you do yeah, so, yeah. a um, stout mm-hmm. young Frenchman um, in mm-hmm. a, it, his, his name, name is uh, Jacques, and he okay. is wearing a striped black and white uh, t-shirt, and he yeah. is just pulling out of the oven a very long and toasty mm. baguette, and you take this yeah, baguette that's, from him. That's, that's and inside this baguette, you put in um, a whole pack of 50p uh, Morrison's wafer-thin styled ham. Is that still a good sandwich? And Jacques stands at you while you place the baguette in between your mouth and other mouth, right. like lips, and chow down. Dan, where do you stand on this issue? Bread. <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, but I mean, okay. So, but I think Dan's okay. created Batman's arch nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sad man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the what? So, Dan, you think the bread's most imp- so? Dan, in that situation, you'd still think that's a great sandwich, freshly baked. I'm, I'm answer, the answer is bread because the best part of the sandwich is the bread. Why? It's not even up for discussion. Why? It's the bread. Why? If I'm faced with, as you say, as you say Sam, a perfectly beautiful crusty loaf mm. from the baker's, mm. sort of hot from the oven, mm. uh, with just a piece of wafer-thin ham from the shop. Yeah. Or... What about mushy, what about mushy carrots? You got you got to set some parameters well, on the filling because you can't just put no, anything. No, when you yeah, no, when you go into the fact of really horrible yeah, fillings yeah. or really horrible bread, so you have to make it sensible. I am being so sensible. So if I go from the other side of this and you look at really fresh, mm. gorgeous smoked ham yeah. on bit of dry bread, bit of kind of Tesco Savers own brand. Yeah. Just like Cheap, economy bread. bread, economy bread. Yeah, that's that kind of crumbles as you eat it. Yeah, yeah. It's still fresh, yeah. but it's not nice bread. Mm. If I ask, if you showed me those two sandwiches and asked me which one did I want, ten times out of ten, yeah, I would go for the one though. with the nice bread. Yeah. If you were to have rotisserie chicken plucked, plucked off the bar, carved by a lovely uh, young lady behind the What's counter the name? named Joan. Yeah, okay. And she was to uh, place the uh, freshly, the steaming white um, carcass of the bird in between two pieces of of um, horrible white sweet bread. You'd still enjoy the chicken inside that bread. Yeah, th- like the bread is not going to harm the taste I- of that chicken. Yeah, no, 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 no. The question oh, isn't does 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 the no, does no, the no, filling no 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 because no, you what's you're, the most important part what i'm saying is what filling. i'm saying is what's the most important part of the sandwich hence exactly. the filling because the bread doesn't harm the filling but the filling can harm the bread oh okay but can it yeah i mean like i mean like 
Because you've got to look at the, a sandwich in its entirety. I am. You can't just look at the filling. Uh, but when we started this, we agreed that the conceptual part of a sandwich is the whole two thing. pieces of it's bread. The whole thing. With no, yeah, yeah, which part is most important? Um, so you have to look at the sandwich in its entirety to see which bit is the most important. You can't just say, this is I, nice filling, so obviously the filling is not important. Can I throw, so a, can I throw a curveball into this? Curve it. You can have a sandwich in which the filling is there, but the bread is not. So... You can have a sandwich in which there's filling and then instead of bread, you have lettuce leaves. Yeah, but it's not a traditional sandwich. It's not a traditional sandwich, but here's my thinking. That would therefore say that the the, the sandwich filling is the thing that makes it the sandwich because the two pieces of bread can be interchanged with two uh, two other things. Now, if the question is, what's the most important thing between a sandwich that is made of bread, the bread or the filling, I think that's a perfectly valid argument. But if the question is, what's the most important part of a sandwich, it's got to be the filling. Because the sandwich, the idea of what a sandwich is, is that it is a a piece of food that is is held with two other similar pieces of food... Is that the definition of a sandwich, though? I don't think. If you looked at two pieces well, of lettuce with some ham in between... Let's find out. Hold on. Right. So, sandwich. Oxford Dictionaries. Would we agree that this is good? That this is a good place to find a definition? Yeah. Okay. Sandwich. Noun. An item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with a filling between them, eaten as a light meal. 1.1. British, a sponge cake of two or more layers with jam or cream between. So there's a filling there, but suddenly, suddenly, the end pieces are different. 1.2, something that is constructed like or has the form of a sandwich. So, therefore, you would have to say that the most important part of a bread sandwich, a sandwich that has bread, right, Right, so so bread and like let's say a piece of ham, the most important thing there's there's totally discussion to be had there. But what's more important, the bread or the filling in terms of a sandwich? Generally, many things can be a sandwich. They don't have to have bread, but they all have to have a filling. Therefore, the most important thing is the filling. Now, if you're talking about bread sandwich, then I I, I completely agree with you, Dan. It's the bread because like <laughs> fuck that. But like, but the actual. So I, so I, I would disagree with that only for the fact of the as as we just checked the Oxford Dictionary the the first explanation the number one explanation not one point one or one point two number one refers to it as quite, consisting yeah. of two pieces of bread with a filling between them right yeah but you're putting emphasis on them putting that in order like I mean I get the feeling if I looked elsewhere that would that would follow suit yeah but the answer to the question is simple what's more important in a sandwich a sandwich made of bread. The bread no, or the filling. Blah, 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 blah. That's not the question. The question is what's more important in a sandwich. Yeah, you can't change the parameters if now. If you want to change the if you want to change the parameters on it, that's okay, fine. I still stand by my I still stand by the most important part of a sandwich is the bread. You can have a sandwich without bread. You show me uh, a piece of lettuce, some uh, ham, and a piece of lettuce on top, and no one will look at that and say that's a sandwich. I can walk into a gourmet burger restaurant that's just down the road and say, Can I have a burger sandwich? Because that's officially what they're and called. And they won't give you lettuce. 
and there is an option on the menu. There is an option on the menu of lettuce, meat, and lettuce. Yeah, and do they refer to it as a sandwich, or do they say, or yes, do they say, yes, it's a burger? Dan, is it a sandwich Dan, without Dan, bread? If you're Dan, Dan, we're on the tube. Pete's standing to the left of you. I'm standing to the right of you. You are officially sandwiched in fr- in between two handsome young men. We're not made out of bread, but yet we are called a sandwich. That's a terrible argument. But one I've made very well. <laughs> that was Staying In with Daniel Frost, Sam Turner and me, Peter Willington. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit stayingin.podbean.com for more information and links to the comics, games, movies and more covered in this episode. And come find us on Twitter on at stayinginpod. Thanks for listening.